Welcome to the Toffee Blues, your source for all things Everton. And welcome to another podcast where we've got loads of content coming your way for this one. We've got, first things first, we've got the extra time from the Brighton game. We'll be looking back on a very dreary game down at the Amex where Everton drew nil-nil. We'll be going, we'll be dissecting that a bit further and we might well just fall asleep during that one. If we if we are still awake after that, we've got a little discussion on Jean-Philippe Gabamon and where we go with him basically after his injury that we were made aware of earlier this week. And then we'll be looking ahead to the Tottenham game, which is coming up very soon on Friday night. And then after that, we'll be having a classic quiz where my guests, Teddy McAllister and Mike from the Unholy Trinity podcast will be going head to head. So we'll get straight into it and we will start with the extra time for Brighton. Do our best to try and dissect that absolute bore fest of a game. I'm joined by Terry McAllister. I've got Mike as well from the Unholy Trinity podcast. Welcome back again, Mike. How are you doing? Not too bad, mate. To be honest with you, yeah, nice little uh, trip into town today and, and Lark Lane, so it's not too bad. Yeah, pubs are reopening. I mean, it's just as well, isn't it? Because let's be honest, we're going to have to be down on a couple of pints to stomach the way Everton's <laughs> playing right now, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? You know, and we're going to come on to, to Brighton, but it's uh, yeah, at, at the moment it's not 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 fantastic football that that we've got on show. Well, I'll say it. that's an understatement, mate. Oof, really, really I mean, difficult one. But you know, yes, we've we've got a lot of injuries. But what's your take on? A lot of people have tried to blame injuries for. What's what we saw at the Amex? What's your take on that? Is injuries alone a viable excuse? Um, you'd like to say no. Um, you'd like to think that you know we've got enough quality left over to to go and win that kind of game. And I, I expected that that performance. I'll be honest with you, I didn't expect those it to be as open as it was against Crystal Palace. Um, there was a lot of talk about Alan not being fit actually on, on the day of the game. Then you hear the Calvert Loon rumours as well. So th- there's there's two of your, your main players and obviously your top goal scorer taken out of things. But I think if you, if you look at, at things on the whole, I think when you, when you bring in players the likes of Alan Decore, James, um, and they've all been missing for, for decent wedges of, the, of this season, I think expectations need to be potentially reviewed because you know the squad is massively stretched. We we haven't got we're not we haven't got loads of quality as backup. We haven't got quality anywhere near that of Alan Decore or Hammers Rodriguez. So whoever comes in for him is not going to be as effective. We we know that. Um, I think that injuries are not the only telling factor, but injuries certainly can't be overlooked. I mean, people are going to want to hear that and still going to want to say, well, eleven players on the pitch at the. Uh, on Monday, we're good enough to beat to beat a Brighton side. But if you've got to look at who was brought in the in the summer window, 
what job do we brought in to do? They were brought in to improve the side. And, you know, we're now wedging people into, into various systems and it doesn't suit certain players. So, yeah, not the only reason, but it's a massive, it's a massive, massive reason as to why things aren't going our way. I'll be, I'll be honest, and people may not, might not like that, but that's a God's honest truth. We've got to, we've got to sort of understand where we are and, and how much these injuries all season, after those first seven games, have hampered our progress. That, that, but that's only my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the injuries have, and obviously with, I think the injuries expose the other problem for me. Yes, we have had bad luck with injuries, but so have other teams. And, you know, it's, it is bottom luck we've had that it's our best players, or maybe not necessarily best players, but most important, because once Ducore and Allen are out of that midfield, we've got some absolute crabs in that midfield. And, you know, it, it exposes them for the frauds they are. And we saw it. I was fearful of this when Decore got injured that we'd have to deal with the midfield, similar to what we dealt with at the back end of last season in Project Restart when the midfield was slow and laborious and has no ambition. And we're seeing it again now. The midfielders that we have as backup are just absolutely abysmal and not fit to wear the shirt. I think I sounds a bit extravagant maybe, but it, it is. There's, there's not enough drive in some of these players. I think yeah, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit maybe extreme to to sort of say that. I, I think that you know we're we're still asking certain players in centre mid as well. Who are coming in for our preferred our preferred players to do jobs that they're probably not not comfortable with. Um, we know Tom Davis isn't isn't great at sitting, and you know again not his fault. He, he's he's better I think slightly further forward. Andre Gomez certainly can't sit. Um, you know, so there, there's two options. Then you're asking sometimes Sigurdsson to drop in there. We know Sigurdsson is not a central midfielder. Uh, we know Sigurdsson doesn't play particularly well with Hammers either. You know, th- there's there's a lot of reasons as to why things aren't particularly working. But we we've got to understand that the quality behind the you know maybe twelve or thirteen players that we've got is just not there. So until a lot of people, let, let's let's go back to. When Carl was brought in, or even the summer, when we were all celebrating the signings that we got, um, you know, we made a fantastic start of the season, and people was, you know, were saying, you know, Carl, make sure Carlo has, has has a good three or four windows, and we're not just talking, you know, three or four windows, including you know the January window. We're talking, you know, three or four summer windows for me to to actually rectify this the, the problems that we've got. And as soon as we encounter issues or things don't go our way. You start to hear silly things and people saying about, you know, oh, you know, Carlo is, is, is his time up and, and then started to constantly slip the team. These same people were saying, give him three or four summer windows. Well, where's your patience then? And look, I know it's frustrating. It's it's horrible to watch. It was horrible to watch on Monday. And besides that, I will be chance at the end. I never sat there and thought, we're going to win this game. Maybe because, I, I mean, I expected it. Maybe I was a little bit more accepting of the situation than, than, than others. You've got to go back and stick to your guns and think, what was I saying when Carlo came in or in the summer or what have you? You know, it's not always roses, you know what I mean, when it comes to football. And there's always going to be bumps in the road. And people need to remember what they've said. Give the manager time. Give him a chance to build a squad, not just an 11 or 12. Let him bring the quality in throughout that squad. There's a long way to go, a long, long way to go. But let's just give the manager time. And we will progress. But, you know... Injuries are the biggest factor. I'm not going to lie; they they have absolutely killed us because 
there's nothing on the bench either. Look at it, was it? The numbers on the bench added up to 352 or something ridiculous on on, um, on Monday. You got kids wearing number 60 and 64. That tells you all you need to know. Yeah, I mean, it, it does play its part, but I just think, I think a lot of the frustration over to the fact that we started the season very well and were falling away very quickly. I think, you know, just a couple of weeks back, we were still in the hunt for, you know, top six, maybe even top four. Uh, that's gone now, I think. I think, yeah, I think, I think probably a lot of people got carried away with seeing, seeing top four. It's a funny season, isn't it? And I think the frustration comes from the fact that because it's such a funny season and we're seeing sides like West Ham, obviously up there, um, Leicester, obviously doing well again. Um, you know, it was probably a bit of, bit of a bit of a false a false situation, really. And we're all thinking, oh, we can get Champions League. And, and OK, we, we could have got Champions League. But when you look at what's what's gone on over the last last few weeks in terms of players that have been missing, um, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge factor. When you take hammers out of that side, you lose the one player who can open up any defence. You know, we saw it. I mean, how many times during a game does he switch to play and bring, like, to Luca Dean in, who's in acres of space, does it time and again. The little slide ball that he played through to Sigurdsson, an unbelievable ball, which Sigurdsson then decides to turn back out of the box and, and you know, pass it backwards. But Hamez is the only player we've got to open sides up. When he doesn't play, we struggle massively. You know, we go back to, go back to the Palace game. We, you know, we had 50-50 in terms of the ball. We had how many clear-cut chances to win that game? You know what I mean? So there has been games where we've just literally just thrown it away by not putting the ball in the back of the net and, and having some decent chances. But, you know, it's 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 frustrating. I, I totally get it because everyone thinks there's a huge chance missed here. Um, and, you know, Europe, it could be off the cards altogether, the way, the way things are going. Not ideal. That was the target for the season. But we've just we've just got to stick in there and just just try and remain patient. It's probably maybe I'm stuck on a bit of a dead horse here because you know people were, were so sort of got ingrained in the mind that Champions League was potentially on the table or you know top five, top six. Um, but you know the, the right man's there. The right the right the right man will bring in the right players. Just 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 give him time. Well, don't get me wrong, Mike. There's there's no doubt in my mind that he's the right man for the job. The the problem I, that concerns me is is the idea of. You know, the likes of West Ham and Leicester couldn't, as as well as the established big six, if you like, all be a more attractive prospects to players than us when we go to try and bring them better players in the summer. Um, I'd say, but I don't think they will. I mean, Leicester are ahead of us, aren't they? The Leicester have, have been knocking up, you know, they won the league a few years ago. They're, they're always pushing in and around there for Europe. So they're probably slightly ahead. And their recruitment, I think, has been very, very good over the last the last few years as well. When they sold the better quality players, they brought in, you know, players for a fraction of the price who are who are as effective. Um, I don't think, I mean, I think we're, we're still an attractive proposition because of the, the man who's there, because the, the fact that he only wants to put money into the club because of what's on the horizon with Bramley Moore. We are an attractive club to come to. Uh, and the, the jigsaw pieces will, you know, they will fall into place. Um, but I'm, I'm on board with the frustration. I am. I think it just showed maybe a bit, a bit, a bit differently to other people. And I, and I try not to be as as knee-jerk because I think on Monday I saw too much of that again, and you just think it's it's too predictable. There's there's more going on here. And when you look at the eleven who started the game, okay, it wasn't a bad eleven. You know, you you could say we should win the game, but you haven't got your twenty goal a season, man, straight away. 
So as soon as you start playing, say, uh, longer balls where Calvert-Lewin would normally bring it down his chest and bring, bring players in, that wasn't there. Not Richarlison's fault, but he doesn't do the same job as, as Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So you're taking out one of the Premier League's top goal scorers from that side. So straight away, you're losing massive firepower. You look at the bench, there's nothing on the bench. You know, Wobie's semi-fit. He's been, he's been injured. Um, you know, there was, there was Nkonku, who's had a little bit of first-team football. You know, you're bringing on great for the kid, Nathan Broadhead, fantastic. But who, who's on the bench who's going to make, make any kind of difference to, to that performance? No one. And we, we've got to look at that. We know it's, we're trying to thin the squad out, and we've, we've done a half-decent job of that. But we know we've got to build the squad back up again with better quality. And at the moment, that's just not there. And the bench, the bench shows it again, you know. Um, but I do get, I do get the frustration side of things. But I'm, I'm just a little bit more, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more accepting and a bit more flexible in my opinion. I think. Yeah, I think it's it is it's it's one of those. It's just bad luck, but at the same time, I feel like it is. It's an opportunity we can ill afford to pass up. I mean, I just don't like the idea of more teams overtaking us. I think that's where the fear comes. I think it's the fear of missing the boat. We've done it so many times as a club in the last couple of decades and we can't afford to do it again. Yeah, and, and there's no, you know, there's, I'm not saying that we're, we're not going to get Europe. Europe is still very much on the cards and, and I'd rather be playing the likes of Spurs, Arsenal, you know, Villas, sides like that who are, who are up there, you've got a bit more quality, you play maybe slightly more open football than, than playing the likes of your, your Brightons and, and Palace and teams like that. I'd rather play the better side. I think you've got a better chance against them, to be honest with you. And, you know, when it comes to Friday against Spurs, the chances are Jordan Pickford's going to be back in, which the more I watch Olsen, I think Pickford is, is definitely number one. Um, I think, obviously, Dominic Calvert-Lewin should be back in. Um, Alan is, is hopefully going to be back in. Josh King should be back in and around the squad, which is another body. So if you throw those four into the squad, it looks a little bit better and gives you more options off the bench as well. So, you know, I, I'm still I'm still hopeful. Um, I, I wouldn't like to miss out on Europe, of course. We want to be fighting um, on, on European fronts every single season. Um, and I still think we're going to, we're going to get it, to be honest. Uh, I like the optimism, I'm not going to lie. Teddy, what's your team? We've just blown the Champions League, haven't we? Let's be honest. Like We were, we went into fourth. We had games in hand. And we had Burnley, Crystal Palace and Brighton as the next three games. And we've took two points. It's like, it was on a plate for us. You know, like the we all we needed to do was put a run of games together. And all right, you know, the, the injuries have played a massive part. I understand that. Like, the, the injuries can explain a lot of things, but you can't, like, the, there's a difference between reasons and excuses. Like, it's not an excuse to not beat Crystal Palace when you have that many chances against them or Brighton when they're not playing very well. Like, you know, they weren't very good against us. We weren't very good either. But, you know, if we apply ourselves, we can you know, easily win that game. There's no excuses, but there are reasons for when, you know, like, oh, well, the football's terrible and the setup's awful. Like, if you look at that Brighton game, he's got 12 fit players and six of them are defenders. So he's got to play defensively. He's got to try and nick it because what's he going to do? He's playing, you know, four centre-backs. He's playing, you know, the two full-backs as well. 
I don't know what else he can do. He still needs players to turn up. And the mid the midfield three, Holgate played okay. And the other two were, were terrible. Like, you know, Davies has had good season. I actually disagree. Like, I think he's better than number six. Personally, he's not a destroyer. He's not a tackler, but he's good at receiving the ball and distributing it. When he's in one of the, the two other positions in the middle three, I think he's a bit of, you know, Rather. not really sure. Yeah, he's not really sure what he's meant to be doing. Like, he loses the ball too much and he gets knocked off it too much and, you know, so on. And Sigurdsson... Just was no way, was he? he? Was just a ghost again. Just contributed nothing. Hammers Rodriguez must want to kill him. Must just think, what are you doing? You don't contribute nothing to this team. So Champions League's gone. It's a sh- we could have had it. Like West Ham might get it and go, you know, power two, fifty two. But I just think it's a season where it was on the table for us because there's loads of you know Spurs keep dropping points. Liverpool have dropped loads of points. You know. Chelsea are getting a few shock results like the West Brom game, so it was there for us and we just haven't took it again. Europe, I don't think, is out the question. I think as players start to come back, you know, we'll probably see an uptick in, in performances and hopefully results as well. You know, Calvert-Lewin's coming back. I think Alan's going to be huge when he gets back, but yeah, we just haven't had the squads, have we? As soon as we've had any... Uh, as soon as we've had to dip under the first 11 uh, at different points in the season when our results have really dropped off a cliff, as soon as we didn't have eight or nine of the key men in, we just were like a different team. I know a lot of teams are like that, but you look at Chelsea as an example, their bench is full of strength and full of quality. So if they have any injuries, they can carry on, you know, keep on trucking and, and play a good team. We can't do that. And it's caught up with us at the key time in the season. It's not over yet for Europe, though. It, you know, there's still plenty of games against teams around us. If you beat Spurs, you beat Arsenal, you beat Villa. You know, got to play Villa twice. You know, it's still in the mix. But if you, you know, we, you know, we've lost up, we've lost, you know, tapping opportunities. You know, I mean, Spurs keep drawing, and you know, the other week, the other week, we had all the teams around us copies, and then we, I know, and we can't, beat, we can't beat, you know, Palace and. And Brighton, it's just it, it, it's a kick in the balls because it happens every single time we get close. It happens when we had Martinez in the first season, we had fourth place there for us, and we blew it against Palace then as well, and didn't get it's like it's that's the target we're heading towards, like Champions League. I don't think anyone expected we get it this season, but it's like if it's there for you, you've got to do it, make a better goal of it. It wasn't like we going fourth, but then had City United and Liverpool as our next three games. We had Burnley, Palace and Brighton and we were battered by Burnley. We battered Palace and Drew and then we just stunk, both teams stunk the place out at Brighton. Yeah. I think what worries me is like if West Ham and Leicester both get Champions League, they're instantly better conditions for players than us. Players will want to play for them more than they want to play for us. I don't care what anyone says. I don't think that's the same issue it would have been a while ago, though, because I don't think that we're in competition per se with those clubs for players. I think our targets are our targets and their targets are their targets because it's not like the old days where Harry Redknapp would come and try and get Moise's targets when he, you know, and offer them more money or, um, you know, they prefer to live in London. I don't, I think if, if West Ham get Champions League, 
no one's got no players are going to look at them and go, oh, they'll be in it next year as well. They'll know it's like a fluke season, so they'll get better players than they would have got. I don't think that immediately makes them a more attractive proposition than Everton. Leicester already are in a more attractive opposition, proposition than Everton, so I don't think them two finishing in the Champions League affects us whatsoever. I think if we go in for a player that West Ham want, we'll get them. If we go in for a player that Leicester wants, we might not. So I, I think you need three or four seasons before you change your perception like that to be competing with players. Leicester have done it. Leicester, over the last couple of years, have jumped ahead of us in the pecking order. Sad fact. But West Ham aren't going to jump over us in one season. It's just not going to happen, especially now that we've got a world-renowned manager. If they're not, you know, if they're in the Champions League in the next four years, then, yeah, but are they going to be? I don't know. No, probably not. But uh, I think it's just that it's more that we we just can't afford to, like you say, we should have already been starting to change perceptions by getting into Europe this season. And we then still can. We're blowing it. it not to say we can't, I know, I know what you say. For us, I don't think if we if say we finished in the Champions League, I don't think our targets would have changed. I think we're going to go for the players we're going to go for. I think we've already got them identified, and that, and that's that's the end of that. And I think that's the same with every every club. I don't think there's this this you know the, the COVID sort of like effect on the transfer markets. Other than other than the very very top ends where like. You know, the elite players, you know, like Harry Kane, start saying they want to leave and stuff like that. I don't think there'll be any reactionary transfers. I don't think there'll be any, like, oh, he's available or he's available or we'll change it. I think clubs are being very careful with their money, setting out who they want, have a list of targets, and they're not deviating from it. We've seen, you know, on the day of recording, it's come out from Paul Jace that we've targeted um, Max Adams. I don't think anyone else will see that and go, oh, we best go for Max Adams before Everton get him. I think... The ones who were interested in Max Adams were interested in him months ago, same as we were. I think it's just a case of getting your business done early because nobody can afford to take gambles or punts at the minute. All the pennies have got to be looked after by even the rich clubs. Yeah. So that, with that in mind, uh, it's definitely that's definitely what I think that's the major cause of the poor performance at Brighton was. It's not necessarily the first eleven. Have got in like members of that team are, are injured, and it's exposed the, the B team as absolute frauds, which we already knew. Let's be honest, some of them are absolute crabs. Like they shouldn't be anywhere near this club. Some of them, like it won't be. It doesn't work. Take what you get. You get offered. You get offered a fiver for them. Take it because you can't be missing chances like that at the end of the game. I know he only came off the bench was like, mate, you're the only senior sub. You come off the bench. You've hardly been seen since you came off the bench. You haven't done a tap. And then a chance falls for you and you don't even get it on target. Yeah, Absolutely. He, he wants to play in his preferred position, though, his preferred position. Uh, yeah, but his, his best position, in my opinion, is on the whoops trolley and little. I honestly, I think if you'd have put Kyle John on and he had that chance of the fell to him, he'd have got it on target at least. He'd have just smashed it low and hard. That idiot. He's just, he's just, what does he do? We spent all this money on him and he has about three good games a season so far, like the last two seasons. And you, one of those three is like a five minute cameo where he comes off the bench and does a few ticks. It's absolutely useless. I just, he's not right for us. He's not going anywhere because no one's going to buy him, but like, I just, just shite, excuse my language. Uh, it's just there's, there's others as well, but you want players 
to come off the bench and do something and he just didn't. That's what I mean. I think that's the real problem is whether these players are being called upon as backups or they're coming off the bench as a sub in when all the players are fit. There's no impact there. There's no contribution. And we see it, we saw it against Brighton. Like these players haven't got a clue what they're doing. They don't know what football is. I don't think that in the Brighton games is sorry, sorry. I don't in the Brighton games probably it. The, the best games to go off. I think it, there's been multiple games this season. How many times have we said the bench when when we have made changes, they haven't made any kind of difference to to obviously the the result of performance. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, well, I'm not sure what the stat is, but I know it's fallen in terms of how many goals are some actually scored for us this season. Because I tell you right now, I can probably fit them on one or two fingers and say, if, yeah, if not, if not any at all. Sigurdsson scored the Penfields at Anfield in the derby. Yeah, that's the only bowl sub scored all season. Yeah. So, so there we go. So we, he had, he had the three, he had the three shots from twelve yards and, and stuck it away. So that tells you all that you need to know in terms of what impact we're, we're getting from those off the bench. So if we've got our our best eleven playing, so if we look at say, go back to the start of the season against against Spurs, for example, the West Brom, the Brighton game, things like that. If we've got all those players playing, Alan Decore, Hamed's. Calvert Lewin, Charleston, etc. Look at the bench then, and there's not there's not, there's not a not a soul ready to come on and actually influence influence the game. There's there's players on there who can help you see a game out potentially, but we haven't got impact substitutions. Who, if you need a goal, can come on and and do something. Bernard doesn't doesn't really do it. Josh King hasn't hasn't done it since he's since he's been there. Obviously, Gomez won't come on and do it. Davis when he doesn't start won't come on and do it. You know, there's there's a lot of players there who are not going to come on and get you a winning goal or get you back into the game, and that's the thing. We 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 need to when we're we're losing players to injury, whether it be Calvert Lewin, Hamez, Alan Decore, we need players on the bench or within the squad. Game changes. We need game changes. We do, but we need we need the same kind of quality. You can come in and, and replace them. So when we have these kind of injuries, when you know we're saying that they they've had with us quite quite a lot this season. When, when we're losing our, our key players, we've got to have players of similar quality who can come in off the bench, you know, squad players, what have you, and it's seamless and you're getting similar kind of performances from that, from that, from that player as well. And that's what we've got to build up to. And that's what's going to take the time, unfortunately. And, it, and you know, like, like you're saying, you know, it's, it's exposed our, our lack of depth this season in terms of injuries. We've had players who've come in have not been up to it. And are nowhere near the standard that that we we want to be working towards, and that shows you the gulf that we've got from our top sort of 11, 12 players, and the rest. And that's what needs to be addressed, and that's what I'm sure will be addressed as the the next couple of years go on. Yeah, so with that in mind, we'll probably leave it at that because I think if we talk about the Brighton game anymore, I think we'll descend into some sort of like, I don't know, I'll just. I just want to nod off just talking about the Brighton game so we'll probably call it a day on that one here Welcome to a segment where we are discussing the unfortunate news that John Philippe Hammond has suffered yet another freak injury in training. 
and looks set to miss the rest of this season now, which is, you know, you couldn't get more of a kick in the teeth, could you? If, well, not just for us as fans, but certainly for John Philippe Gabanen himself. It looks as though, the good news is it looks as though he doesn't need surgery, as the news confirmed this morning, but even still it's a hammer blow for everyone involved. Terry, I'll come to you first. Mate. What's your take on this news? Where, where do we go from here with Gabanen? Doesn't need a surgeon, does he? he? Needs an exorcist. He's just the most cursed player, like I've ever known. Like I, f- I feel terrible for him. Like it's such a good, like, like it was the only positive from that Palace result, wasn't it? That he'd come on the pitch and regardless of how he, you know, of how he played or how he performed, it was like we finally saw this player. He's he's been injured for two years and hardly, you know hasn't hardly kicked a ball since we got him. And he gets back on the pitch at the end of it as like a you know reward for all his you know progress. And I I wasn't expecting big things off from this season anyway. I was thinking you know what even though Takore's got injured, I think we'll see him come on in 10, 15 minute cameos for the rest of the season. And some games he won't come on, and we'll get him in pre season, and he might be a starter from next season or a potential starter. And um, to the surprise of absolutely no one, you know, bad luck struck again. Uh, the information that comes out, I don't even think anyone can take any heart in it because they said freak injury with the last one and he was out for, you know, longer than he was for the first um, or it felt like that anyway. Um, and he said he didn't need surgery with his first injury and then he made it worse and he did need surgery in the end. And it's just like, I think now the way the club are probably going to have to look at it is when they put the 25-man squad together for next season, you know, an old transfer business is done and players have been let go, he's going to be the 25th man, isn't he? I don't think they're going to make any plans to include him as a, as a realistic option for the whole season because no, through, you know, no fault of his own, he's not reliable enough. So they can't make plans which includes having him as a, as a key player. I think he's going to be the 25th or the 26th man in the squad where if he's fit, that's nice. We might find somewhere for him, but we're assuming he's not going to be. So hey, I feel terrible for him. Hope he gets so he's, back up. He's basically taking the baton on from Mo Bessic next season. I, <laughs> I don't think he'll ever be that, that much in the wilderness. I even think with the injuries, he's closer to the team than Mo Bezic, but he's he's just a really unlucky, really injury-prone player, isn't he? I know this one's been a contact injury with another player like, going into him and or falling on him or whatever it was. Um, and there's not many he can do about that. That's not his fault. That's that's just something that happens. But, it, you know, that could happen in a game. That You know, he's going to make contact, isn't he? So I, I'll just reiterate, I think he's the 25th man in the squad now. He's he's in the squad for next season, but I think it, there'll be no plans made. No, There'll be no 11 or first or second 11 mapped out with him in it because they just know he's not going to be likely to be well, playing. He's not reliable enough. Yeah, they don't know whether he's going to be fit and available to call upon. He'll be the he'll be the spare man, and you know that's just nothing else you can do, is there? Mike, what do you think about this situation? Is it is it one of them? I know a lot of people have been more sympathetic than others. Uh, what's your take on it? Um, I don't think you can you can afford not to be sympathetic. I, I echoing what what Terry said really. You know, you you go through for the lad. I mean. Let's let's just take it take away from from it, you know, our disappointment, the fact that we 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 brought him in and um, you know, 
early early signs when he when he came on in that first game against Palace and then started the Watford game, didn't he? I, I thought you can see him here. He's got the, the physical attributes to, to to do a decent job for us. He's only going to get you know stronger. Um, and obviously he suffers that injury and, and it's been issues ever since. Let, let, let's take away our disappointments. Put yourself in his in his shoes and, and in, in his mindset. You know, he must his head must be absolutely battered by all this because you know he, he's wasted a good good two years of his career, you know, with, with injuries. And you know, it's he never would have thought coming to the Premier League, you know, playing for, for our club and having the exposure that he's got, that he would be spending 98% of his time on the treatment table and trying to work his way back. So mentally it must be really tough for him. He can't do the job he's getting paid for. Um, when he came on for Hammers the, the, against um, against Palace, and he saw like a little smirk on his face, and he was just delighted just to see him back on the pitch in an Everton shares. And you thought, you know, the, the start of things to come for the lad. And I was delighted for him. And then you start hearing whispers. Then I think it was Sunday, wasn't it, on on Twitter, and we we started to get some confirmation, and um, we were told we were told Sunday, yeah, it is true. Um, so. It's not as bad as as maybe a lot of people think, but it's it's certainly not great. The fact that his season's over, but like Terry said, I thought we'd see him for ten or fifteen minutes at a time. wasn't going to be starting any kind of games, um, but yeah, it's it's really hard, isn't it? Because you you, you do want him, to, want him to feature, you want him to be a big part of that squad. But seeing him, you know, I know he's not particularly broken down, but clearly not playing football at a competitive level for. Over eighteen months, it is having impact on other other parts of his of his uh, his body really, and they're obviously that little bit weaker. So you know he's gonna be he's gonna be more susceptible to little little tweaks here and there. But anything like that, I, I didn't think it would be a, anything like that. This kind of freak injury, someone's fallen onto his knee and he's he's now out for the six to eight weeks. He just thought you know little hamstring strains, groin strains, things like that because of not having the intensity um, of, of Premier League football for so long. But Gutton, um, I hope he gets back and I hope he can stay fit and we can get you know, 30, 35 games a season from him. That would be fantastic. I just I just don't know whether we're going we're gonna to see him in terms yeah. of playing regular football, to be honest. That was the last thing I was going to ask before we finish up. Was with that in mind, obviously we discussed in the previous show about uh, strengthening for next summer do we buy another player to maybe take over that role to protect us from the potential of more injuries I think yeah. we do don't we yeah, yeah. Go on, sorry. 100% sorry, sorry 100% we even even with Gabamon fully fit I think we need a better centre midfielder as well you know you got Corey, you got Allen you got Davies you got Gomez we need to cover. We need to cover enough. Yeah, you, need another one. You, need, you, need, you need another one. Someone. Maybe even another. I'll be honest. Maybe even another two. I think we need to cover enough bases that we don't need to have a Gomez or a Sigurdsson playing in that midfield, particularly in a defensive role. There shouldn't be a need for either of them to play any role that requires them to do defensive solid work because they aren't capable of it. Yeah, and Delft's just. Might as well not exist. But yeah, as I say, I think that's the only way I can say it. He needs to be the 25th man. Plan your squad as if he's not going to be well, there. He is, he, quite is. Liter- he is quite literally, that's a shirt number. <laughs> oh yeah, there we go. It's there meant to be. Just plan your squad as if he's not there. And if he is there, it's a nice bonus. Yeah, it's a bonus, yeah. 
You can't make any, like, you know, any guarantees that he's going to be available. I hope he is, because, you know, it's not fair on the lads. You know, yes, me, yeah. But he's, um, he's just got to concentrate on pre-season now and starting the season fit. Certainly, yeah. And with that in mind, obviously, before we wrap it up, obviously, we do wish John Philippe Gavaman another speedy recovery, because... You know, no one deserves to be going through what he's going through. So, you know, all the best to him and hopefully see him back very soon next season. And, you know, let's hope next season's the start, just the start of his time here where we can actually see what he can do. Yeah, so with that in mind, like, we'll leave it at that. Welcome to the match preview segment for Everton versus Spurs. Everton are playing at Goodison on Friday night against Spurs. Big six pointer. Spurs are just two points ahead of us in the table. Mate, might not even. Might only be one point ahead of us in the table now. I think so. Yeah, one point ahead of us in the league table. We go into this. You know, seventh place may well be the last European place available. So we've got to go and win this game, haven't we? Let's be honest. I'm with Terry and Mike. I think we've got to win this game, personally. What about you, Terry? Yeah, if you don't win this, forget about Europe. It's it's gone. Like Even with the games left, if you're losing to teams directly above you and you're not in the European places already, then you're putting... You know, it, it, will, it could end again with, this, with the Spurs game for consecutive seasons. But we're a different team now than we were then. Um, we're not playing very well at the minute, but neither are Spurs. I think we need to make this the, I mean, we could make this the case of Goodison again, where the manager could get sacked at Goodison again because Jose Mourinho is on the road at Spurs. And we've got it in us to beat them. They've got fantastic attacking players, but they can see goals, which is bizarre to say. We've beaten them twice already this season. Yeah, so we've beaten them twice, obviously, in very different games. But we need, we need to. We haven't got the luxury now of drawing or, or losing this game because we drew against Brighton and Palace and didn't beat Burnley and lost to Burnley. We need to beat Spurs and then we need to beat Arsenal after that because if we don't, forget about Europe. We, we, the, the season will have fizzled out completely. We win this game, it puts a to- totally different complexion on it. We push ourselves back into the European places. We beat an immediate rival for that position and you can hopefully take that momentum into the rest of the games but this is this is key. There is no oh well. There's always the next game. If we don't win this one, there's no we're running out of time. We need to start winning these games. And how, how do we go about that, Mike? What what would you say the way we've got to go about this game is because like like we say, there's there's no room for error in this case because it's do or die. Yeah, of course it is. You know, it's it's massive. You know, there's we've been saying for the last few weeks, every game's a must win and. If we want what's in Champions League football, we had to beat the likes of Burnley, we had to beat Palace, we had to beat Brighton. That seems to have gone away. If you want European football, you've got to be the size in and around you, Spurs being the being the first one. Um Mourinho's on the ropes, you know, it's it's one of them that they're a funny side, Spurs, aren't they? And Mourinho seems to, after so long with a club, it seems to go go this particular way. Um, but they've got quality throughout the side, make no mistake about it. You know, they played Champions League football quite regularly. In recent years, um, they've got probably the best, but they have. They got the best strike in the Premier League in Harry Kane. Make no mistake about that. Um, Son's always a problem. 
Um, so they're going to be difficult to beat, of course. I mean, our best performance of the season was was against Spurs, first game of the season, by an absolute country mile, in my opinion, even to this day. Yeah. I mean, the derby was fantastic, of course, for different reasons. Um, but I think the Spurs was the game was the most professional performance, and we, you know, we looked, I thought, exceptional um, in that first game. Obviously, we haven't got the likes of Decore to call upon. Um, Allen's hopefully going to be in there, but such you know, uh, we should have some players back as we've as we've said already. Um, so the squad's going to be, look a little bit better, a little bit fuller, and we, we've we've got to we've got to use the fact that Mourinho is on the ropes a little bit, and there's a little bit of unrest it seems between him and the players. We've got to use that to our advantage, go in there as a collective and play as a side who who can get European football because. Like you said already, James, you beat them twice already this season, so why can't we beat them for the third time? Yeah, we've got to give it, just got to give it our all again. But that's the thing. I've questioned in the last couple of games some of the players' commitments. We can't afford to be slacking like that in this game. Of course. I mean, commitments is, is something that you expect. That That's the least you expect in every single game. And I think maybe not having anything on the bench to, to call upon Maybe some of the players who have started the, the games in recent weeks have taken the foot off the pedal, knowing full well that you know they won't get going to be exactly right. Yeah, and I'm sure you know I don't want to want to accuse players, but I'm sure that creeps into some players' minds. You know that they can maybe go through the motions, um, but against a, a decent Tottenham side, whether they're in good form or not, you got to be you got to be a hundred percent at the races, otherwise. We've seen what they can do this season. They, they, turned, they turned United over early season. You know, they, they can beat the majority of sides in the Premier League on the day. Oh, yeah, certainly. Uh, so, yeah, with that in mind, tactically, how do, we, how do you reckon we're going to set up for this one? Is there going to be any sort of tweaks to what we saw against Brighton? You'd like to think there'd be a bit more ambition in the attacking side of things, but what sort of personnel can we hope for? I think, I think you're going to go hopefully back to back to the two up front, you know, um, cause them a little bit of problem, try, try and press on the front with Richardson and Calvert-Lewin, pull them under a little bit of pressure. We tend we tend to, we don't press all the time, do we? We're, we're selective in our press, and we, we tend to, to press when we think the time the time is right, but we need to need to have those two uh, running the backsides off and, and putting the uh, the back four top under a bit of pressure. Um, yeah, you mean it, obviously, he's not going to be fit for the game, so you'd, you'd expect, you know, we've still got the option there of playing playing a back three, if you like, or back five, or however you want to look at it. But Michael Keane's definitely not comfortable in a in a back in a back three. When you ask him to play either side of the man in the centre, he massively struggles. But unless he, he throws Keane in the middle and puts Godfrey and Holgate either side of him, um, maybe so. But I, I, I still think we're, we're going to be slightly cautious. I still think we're going to try and try and cram the, the sort of centre of the pitch with, you know, three centre-guards and, and hopefully Allen's back in. Uh, Tom Davis probably will be, will, be, will be in there as well. And Hammers at the top of the at the top of the triangle. And then try and utilise Luka Dean and, and Seamus Coleman on, as, as wing-backs. But uh, I think I think both have probably struggled and in the second sense, Luka Dean and Seamus Coleman, for me, when we when we play this this system. Um, we don't particularly utilise... Luka Dean is probably more than Coleman, particularly well. But I, do, I just think that, that Carlo will still be still be slightly reserved in his approach when it comes to... And, and well, he looks to probably play three three at the back, to be honest. Yeah, I think it, that does disappoint me because 
I don't like three at the back. I'd rather see one of the centre backs, mainly Holgate or Godfrey, play in midfield and have an extra midfielder there and, you know, have an extra body further up the field because that was our problem against Brighton is that we barely crossed the halfway line at times. Of course, yeah, and and you, you want to, you know, certainly against against the spare side, you, you want to try and you know get bodies in and around the middle the middle of the pitch, and as I say, put them under under pressure. Obviously, you know, the, defensively there's going to be concern over over the spares spares attacking players because of the quality that they've got. But there's got there's got to come a time with us, hasn't there? You'd think if if we're going to show serious ambition to grab a European place, there's got to come a time where. We looked to try and revert back to, to a 4-3-3. Like we were doing at the start of the season. Yes, we were a little bit more open, but we were scoring goals as well. And we were causing problems all the time. So, you know, have, are we going to be brave enough to do that? Who who knows? Um, as I say, I think still think it's going to be a little bit more reserved. But I would like to see us be a bit a little bit more expansive and a little bit braver when it comes to uh, taking the taking the game to teams as well. Definitely. I think we need to be a lot more ambitious. Certainly than we were against Brighton. I think that was the real buzzword for me in the Brighton game was the lack of ambition. You know, we had yes, you can set up a team with three at the back, but you know, you see it with Sheffield United sometimes they like centre backs get forward a lot. You didn't see any of that or anything. There was no sort of ambition to get forward. There was really and and I mean that probably comes down to, you know, these players aren't really as familiar with this as they are with other formations that we've used throughout the season. But we definitely need to see more ambition, whatever the setup we go with on Friday nights. We've got to see players playing to win. We can't be playing for draws or, you know, we shouldn't be shouldn't have been doing it against Brighton, certainly. But even now against Spurs, we can't be doing that. I think you're always looking for, for players to to be brave, aren't you? And, and take a take a bit of a chance, especially in that in that final third, because too often we get in and around the box. And you know the ball then goes backwards and it goes back to to the centre half from a decent decent attacking position. And sometimes you just want someone to look to try and take a player on. You know, try and commit the player. You know, get past them, put an early cross in. Um, and I, th- I don't think at times, you know, like you say, the the word ambition is probably the right way to use it. We're not ambitious enough um, in in certain in certain games. And it takes, you know, it does take a certain player to. To be brave and and want to try and try and take take the uh, the game by the scruff of the neck. We have got quality in there who can do that, but we haven't seen it enough, especially over the last probably couple of months since since the derby really, To be honest, yeah, certainly. I I just think that the needs to something's got to give too, and if they're gonna turn it around. But um, with, with that in mind, Spurs obviously a tough side to come up against with the quality they've got. As we notify the threats, obviously Kane and Son are like the, the two everyone goes on about. But there's a lot of quality in that team. But they've only got a couple of injuries and their injuries to Ben Davis and Matt Doherty. So they're not, not really players who who, you know, in it's in an attacking sense cause you cause you many problems. Um, you know, they've got the likes of um obviously Bergewan, I think is a decent player. Lucas Moore always caused problems. I think um, this season, obviously, Sissoko's not doing too bad. Uh, and Dombele's had a, had a much, much better season this season for Spurs. And, and he's, for me, in a, in a slightly more attacking, attacking sense, he's, he's, a, he's a much more of an issue than he was. I think he's, I think he's, he's a very talented player. 
So listen, they've, they've got real quality and players you can do you can do real damage if they if they fancy it. It just all depends what's happening behind the scenes at the moment with Spurs and and how switched on their players are and how much their players are, uh, are really buying into the uh, the Jose Mourinho philosophy. Yeah, I think that there's a lot more politics being played there than there is here, but you know it, it's gonna it's gonna be a case of can we push through it and like take advantage of that because. If we are ambitious enough, as we were discussing before, I think we're capable of it. We've proven already we're capable of it this season. I think it's right. I mean, how many games, you know, take Spurs out of the equation? How many games against the so-called better sides have we have we shown what quality we we have got? And and when Carlos got it right and the players have have uh, have got it right on the pitch, we we've looked very very good against some some decent quality sides. I mean, coming back to Zora United, three all. Winning the Merseyside derby, of course, beating Spurs, you know, we beating Leicester away from home. We, we've beaten some some real quality sides there. So on our day, when the plan is executed correctly, we've we've done pretty well. And that, that's where I think we mentioned frustration. Obviously, when we discussed the Brighton game and the you know fan frustration, and that's where I think the fan frustration comes in, because we know on our day we can cause sides problems. Obviously, we've had the injuries which have hampered ourselves, uh, especially over the last, you know, last few games. It's been a bit more noticeable. But you know, if we're getting a few bodies, three or four bodies back in for Friday, then we should be a bit more like the the old Everton should be saying what we were seeing at the start of the season. And the players have got to believe. You know, we've said it already. They've beaten Spurs twice this season. They've got to believe they can beat them for a third time. You know, nothing, nothing at all should hold those players back on on Friday night. Certainly not. I think. With that in mind, we'll go with predictions, Terry. I'm going to go for 2-1 Everton. Mike? Yeah, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to go for an Everton win. I'm going to say 1-0. I think Cal- Calvert-Lewin behind the score sheet. I'm not quite as confident. I'm going to say it's going to be a one-all. Uh, but I'd love to be proven wrong. Never know. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, so it's on to Everton to hopefully give us a slightly better weekend this time than they did last time. But for you lucky podcast listeners, of course, we are going to finish up with the classic Match Day Squad quiz. It's going to be the usual. Mike is going to go up against Terry and I'll be revealing a fixture and the, the two contestants will basically name who played for Everton in that game. The starters and the use substitutes. First wrong answer, forfeits. And we'll do our coin toss. I'll go with Mike this time. Do you want to do heads or tails, Mike? Uh, heads for me, please. Heads for you. And it's heads. Mike, do you want to go first or second? Um, I'll go second, please. Mike's going second. So, Terry, you're up first, mate. Time to reveal the fixture in question. So, cue that intense quiz music. Let's do it. Fixture in question as we look ahead to Everton versus Spurs on Friday night. And the fixture is Everton 1, Spurs 0, March 2012. You're up first, Terry. Fire away. Um, 2012. Indeed. 
Tim Howard? Yeah, Tim Howard. Simple start. I was going. I was going to go with Tim Howard. Um, twenty twelve. I'm going to say. Hibbert. Sorry. Tony Hibbert. Tony Hibbert was an unused substitute. So me. that means after just one round, Terry used the winner. <laughs> uh, but we'll still go through them anyway. So we've got you've got ten more starters and the three subs that we used to get through. Um Sylvan Distan. Yep, Sylvan Distan started. Phil Jagielka. Phil Jagielka was a used sub. Yelovich. Yeah, Nikita Yelovich started, was subbed off in the 17th minute, but before that, he scored the winner. Stephen Pienaar. Stephen Pienaar didn't play. He was still on loan from Spurs when we brought him back at this point, so we couldn't play him. DMA. Marouane Fellaini. Yep, Fellaini plays. Tim Cale. Yep, Tim Cale plays. Leon Osman. Leon Osman plays and set up the goal for Jelovic. Louis Saha. No, Louis Saha had already left by this point. In fact, Louis Saha was on the Tottenham bench. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we got Jelovic, he left the Tottenham and then the sleeve literally been at Tottenham five minutes and got a call up for the France squad. So we just basically because <laughs> he was playing for Britain, he wasn't getting in the France squad. But the second he goes to Tottenham, he hadn't even played yet, he goes in the France squad. Saying <laughs> in it. Um Leighton Baines. Yep, Leighton Baines played. 2012. Um, John Eitinger? Yeah, Johnny Eitinger was the other centre back. Phil Neville? Phil Neville played. Um, You've got two more starters and two of the U subs left. Um, I'm going to throw in Victor Anachevi. Victor Anachevi was an unused sub. Brixton Drenther. Brixton Drenther started. <laughs> of the laughter that came that. Don't tell me... Uh... Dennis Strachwalasi made, made an appearance. Oh, yes. Dennis Strachwalasi <laughs> substitutes you replaced Yelovich with 10 minutes to go. <laughs> so we've got one more used sub. One more used sub and one more starter. And the used sub came on for Drenthe in the 65th minute. And the final starter was actually subbed off for Jagielka in the 82nd minute. Oh, um... So we've had Kyle Fellaini, Osman. Um, Kevin Morales? No, Kevin Morales didn't sign until the next season. Oh, yeah. I was just trying. I, I never go on the game. I always go on like the season, like the era, and I still got it wrong. 
Um, I'm trying to think. Jermaine Beckford, was he not going to then? I think he's already left. He, he went on the deadline when Strackwell AFC signed. What, what month was the game of the season? March 2012. Landon Donovan? No, no, Landon Donovan. Good idea. He was there on loan around the time. I think he just left to go back yeah. when this game was played. Um, I was trying to think of the shirts that we that we wore around that time. I was trying to think of the players in the shirts. Um, I can't think of think of another name. I'll be honest. I'll pass over to Terry. No, I was I was looking at my song. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm trying, trying to think of my song now. Um, so we've got one starter or one new sub left? One of each. Okay, so we've had Howard, Baines, Distan, Heitinger, Neville. It's the back four. Um, oh no, was it Seamus Coleman? It was Seamus Coleman. Because I was thinking was Neville would have yeah, been the whole... Head, Neville would have been the holding midfielder because Osman, um, Fellaini and Kale, no, none of them are holders. So I, when I said Neville, I thought he might not have been a right back. So yeah, Coleman, yeah. Coleman was the right back and he went off for Jags in the 82nd minute when Moyes obviously went to a back five to defend the 1-0 lead. Uh, but before that, Royce and Drenta came off in the 65th minute for the final, well, for the first use substitute. Magai Gay? No, Magai Gay was an unused sub. He's actually named the majority of the unused subs as well. It's just this one player that you've missed. Can I hell remember? Oh, oh so I cannot remember. Can I hell remember? No, I'm not getting this. He's given up or Yeah, I can't I can't think of anyone. You'll kick yourself yeah. for this one. Go on. Jack Rodwell. Oh, oh yeah. I thought he might have gone to City at this point. Now he left the season after, like the summer after this. Uh, that barnstormer, that that Everton legend. How did we forget him? <laughs> right, so there you have it anyway. Terry wins the quiz. Terry gets to pick his song. What's he gonna pick? Um, no Coronation Street team, dude. No, I, you know I, I did a good one lined up as well. Unfortunately, not going to hear it this day, uh, this time. Anyway, I've had I've suffered that for about four or five quizzes now. I've had a song lines up and then I lose. I'm terrible in it. And Owen picked the Emmerdale theme tune or something. <laughs> yeah, I'll pick something absolutely like horrendous like that. Um, I'm going to go. It's a song by Deep Purple called "When a Blind Man Cries." Yeah, but 
I'm going to go for the Metallica cover of it. Now, they haven't, like, metals it up like Metallica. It's still, like, the Deep Purple song, but their cover's really good of it. Oh, wow. So, when a Blind Man Cries by Deep Purple covered by Metallica. Sounds well, there's an interesting one. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> so, there you have it, guys. We're going to finish up with a Metallica cover of Deep Purple's When a Blind Man Cries, thanks to Terry's choice. And until next time, guys, thank you for watching on the Toffee Blues. We'll see you later.
Thank you.